Hello, I'm Victoria Medina, and welcome to the Celebrations of Life podcast, a show that honors those we love and lost and celebrates life that continues. Today is a very special episode because today I will be speaking with my friend and funeral director, Christopher Tom Blind, Executive Manager of Gutterman Funeral Homes. Chris is a New York State licensed funeral director and for over 30 years, primarily focusing on prearranged planning, basically to give everyone the opportunity to have their wishes down on paper ahead of time. In addition to handling all aspects of funeral planning and directing business for individuals and families. When my grandmother passed away, I literally had no idea what to do. Fortunately, I was in a fantastic networking group, a business networking group. And I did what, you know, anyone would do in a networking group. I sent out a message asking if anyone knew a funeral director or anyone who may be able to give me some assistance. Within seconds, I mean seconds, five people said, you have to contact Chris. You have to contact Chris. Christopher Tom Blind. Christopher Tom Blind. And it was the best phone call I ever made. I called him. And he asked me important questions, and then he walked me through the entire process. But it was what he said at the end of our first conversation that I will never forget. He said, Victoria, please feel free to ask around. Seek out additional information. I know that I'm the first person that you spoke to, and you need to take care of yourself. I am here for you, even if you decide not to work with me. I will see how I can help you in any way that I can. And I took his advice, and I asked around. And I have to say, I did not meet anybody that came up to his standards. He is, I was blown away. He was warm, caring, helpful, and the best person I have ever had the good fortune to work with when someone you love makes their transition. I am so thrilled to call Chris my friend and welcome him today. Hello and welcome Chris Tom Blind. Thank you, Chris, so much for being here. I so appreciate it. Oh, it's my pleasure to be with you today, Victoria. Thank you. So we've been having a lot of conversations about what's been going on during this pandemic. And it has been, from what I've heard from you and from what I've read, incredibly overwhelming for your industry. And one of the things that I was thinking of and we discussed is how unprepared did you find some of your clients during this time and and they're dealing with so much as well and what do you suggest that they do moving forward sure that's a great question um we found a lot of that our client families were probably not realizing the magnitude of what 
they were facing with, with elderly parents who were frail to begin with and thought they had some plans in place for when they, when they did lose a parent, which nobody, nobody wants to really acknowledge that one day they're going to have to take these steps forward and plan for a proper burial. With this recent pandemic, it just expedited those that were maybe not going to pass this year and did that the children and they were and most of the people were adult children. We had people that were in their later 70s and 80s, mostly that were passing. But still, when you lose a parent, you're, you're, you're still mourning the loss of somebody vital in your family. Yeah. And we had so many families that thought that no matter when the day come, they were going to be able to handle it. And then when this pandemic hit, they had to make decisions faster and sooner um, with a lot of restrictions that they weren't able to have a proper memorial service. Oh my goodness. And so what kind of, what were some of those restrictions? Depending on the style of service that people are choosing, depending on their religion, the Christian families lost the opportunity to have a wake service before they had a burial, yeah. which led to the loss of the support system that people would provide coming to the chapel where families would have the right to grieve. The Jewish end of the industry where I work and focus in on Families weren't able to have the closure for their shiva period after the burial, where the people would come to their homes, serve them, and let them have the opportunity to memorialize and remember the person that they just lost, because with the social distancing and the social gathering laws in effect, nobody was allowed to gather before or after. So families are really left all alone. Which is so hard. I That... I do know that's been one of the hardest things that I'm not just with my family, but other families that I've met and friends of mine who've experienced this. It's one of the, and it's the most unexpected part of it that you didn't, because usually when someone passes, you know, you're going to have your family around you. And that in and of itself is an added unexpected part of the process. I know a lot of family for you that weren't COVID-19 victims that had family members die that fell into the protocol where they weren't allowed to have people come and gather at a funeral home or have a proper memorial service afterwards as well. They had losses for people who were under hospice care and, and were, be treated, were being treated for all sorts of different ailments and died during this pandemic. And they fell into where they aren't allowed to have a support system where they would be able to grieve the right way and have closure, which I believe is going to lead to future problems if they don't address these issues and set some sort of celebration of life up for the people they lost and have that support system of friends and family come together to help them out during stress, stressful times such as these. Oh my God, absolutely. And the other thing that I was just thinking of is that we don't often think about all of the casualties that have been affected because of COVID, that it's not necessarily that someone had COVID, 
but there are a lot of families where there are a lot of people who, who have passed away simply because they were casualties and fell either because they couldn't have a visitor or they couldn't get the resources that might have been moved to another area. So yeah, there are a lot of casualties that may not even be in the numbers when we think about the number of people who have passed. And when you, when you say that this has to be addressed, you mean in terms of how they, they deal with their emotions and is that what, what you're, you're thinking of? Yes. Um, come, I, 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 I don't have a psychology degree. I have a very basic science degree where psychology was part of it, but I don't think there's any, um, classroom experience that could be shared compared to my 30 years in the funeral industry where I say that people that don't have the, the opportunity to grieve the right way tend to have more issues later on expressing themselves when it, when it comes to talking to the loss of a loved one and healing. I believe when they don't have that proper closure, and again, only from my experience, no clinical training, I believe if they don't have that proper closure, there's always that that lingering effect out there that they need to have before they can start the healing process. So with all the families that have been robbed from that opportunity to celebrate a life, to, to mourn proper, properly, get that closure, they can't start to heal. So if it was robbed from the people during the time of loss, I think they got to focus in on proper memorial service whether it be at a funeral home or a restaurant which that even can't even set up right now right. you can't even go to a restaurant and, and have a meal in the name of a person who passed away we have to wait for that timetable to open up also as well yeah. but if it's not be something like that where the jewish people have an unveiling a year after the passing and can have a proper memorial service for the person that died they're not going to be able to then take that step forward and move on to the next phase of their life where they could think of the person that passed and smile because they buried them in a proper dignified fashion, which a lot of people don't feel that they did. We gave everybody the opportunity to do what was, what was humanly possible to have that happen, but people need to be heard. And I think people need that support system of the families around them to tell them that the person that passed away affected their lives in a positive manner also as well. Yeah, I think that, I, and I know I'm not a psychiatrist as well, and I say that as like a, like a I've heard someone say, um, a colleague of mine once say, I have no ist after my name. But the, the whole, the one thing that is very important though is to have the conversation and to, and I'm glad you brought it up because it might get some people thinking about their feelings, their emotions, recognizing where this is coming from and also if they need to you know seek a grief a grief counselor seek somebody that they can get help with so i'm really really glad that you brought it up as well as to consider maybe making plans for a memorial which will give them the opportunity which is what we've been talking a lot about or i've been talking a lot about on the podcast which will give them an opportunity to at least channel those emotions right now towards where um, 
towards towards the opportunity to have that closure knowing that they can have it even if they didn't have it now that they can still have it correct correct that that hope of participating as a family structure to help each other finally get together where they, they couldn't get together even though they were siblings living in different households they couldn't hug each other when they got to a cemetery one there was restrictions to how many could be there uh two they traveled in different circles even though they were siblings possibly coming from different states they had to stay in separate cars they couldn't embrace they couldn't feel the breath of 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 one who's crying on their shoulder and tears going down their cheeks and be able to wipe away you know the sorrow so to speak this is what needs to be this is what needs to be um become available to families to get past that hurdle to let it all out so to speak because during the whole time of the pandemic people didn't want to even subliminally, they didn't want to go to funeral homes. They didn't want to go to cemeteries. People were inviting family members to come knowing they weren't going to come. And it wasn't for lack of love and support. It's just it was all for the self-preservation. You know, people didn't want to get sick and bring it home to their houses. Right. Yeah. Fair, you know, number one, the fear of receiving the virus, the fear of giving it to somebody else. Absolutely. And that and, and that was one of the things. And also because of the quarantine, if you move, you know, if you're going interstate, you may have to then go back home and quarantine. And if you have a job where you have to go to and, you know, you have to be concerned about your work, that was one of the things that I, I had a family member who had to deal with that. He couldn't go to the funeral specifically because he didn't know what would happen with his job because he it was essential that he'd be there. So there are a lot of other ripples effects around that as well. And and I think one of the most important things that you're bringing up is the fact that we can't hug each other. You know, a very yeah. healing process to just be able to hold and share that energy with, with someone. Yeah. yeah. What do you recommend to clients knowing having all of this information now what do you what are some of the things that you recommend to clients or people listening to this podcast moving forward during this pandemic in terms of making making plans making plans how how would you recommend that they sure. keep that in mind when it's fresh now, if somebody has suffered a loss, that's when most of our families are thinking about taking care of their own wishes because they just buried a parent and they don't want to leave this burden on their children to be lost and in the lark of what to do. If it's because when it's fresh that people want to address this, then have the conversation at an appropriate time. But whenever it may be, have the conversation with your family that this is what you're thinking. Let them know that everything is okay and you're just planning years ahead of time. Not that anything is wrong and you just came from the doctor and you got bad news. I tell everybody when they go back to their kids and they said they just saw Chris at the funeral home and I made my pre-arrangements. You got to open up the conversation by saying, I'm okay. I just took this burden off for you financially and emotionally. And I just want you to know where the record is. So if it's on, if it's in the front of one's mind, 
the first step is to have a conversation with your family, like I just elaborated on. Second step is calling your trusted local funeral director that you are comfortable with, familiar with, or who will give you the most amount of time possible to have you make an educated decision where you could spend your money wisely and get your wishes down on a permanent record. Because there are many advantages to doing this. Financially, you're locking in on today's prices. You're putting money in a trust account that cannot be touched by anybody. It's a free service by the funeral homes. But a lot of my families want to lean on the emotional advantage. They controlled their spending. They had the say-so of what they wanted. They took the burden off their children, like I said. And they also want to make sure that they covered as many bases as possible. So there is no doubt and stress later on to worry about what would dad want? What would grandpa want? His wishes are there. So there's no guilt. So if something like this, which we should all pray and hope never happens, because in my lifetime, never mind my career, I never thought I'd have to deal with these kind of decisions with families. But if there was something like this that happened, they wouldn't be robbed of choices and under normal circumstances, they would get exactly what they want then anyway. Yes. And you, you brought up re- three really important points. One, to release the burden from your loved ones. Two, the cost involved. The three, which I think is, is a really important statement that you're clear about what you want, you have choice. And you could have greater choice when you're not in a crisis moment than when you are. So those are three really important reasons that I think is, is, um, is it will inspire people to look at it from a different perspective. It's not like you're planning on it or it's going to happen tomorrow. But you know it is going to happen. That's one thing. There's no getting around it. It will happen. (laughs) And it's just a question of... The other thing that I think is is really another positive option that goes with it. In releasing the burden, it also gives you more time with your family. Because the plans are there. So when those final moments happen, or when you are in a crisis situation, you can spend more time speaking about the love you have for each other, the positive things you want to speak about, because this part is something that's already taken care of. Correct. There, there are plenty of families in my time that have come in to get these things in order, to make all the decisions, to discover what they needed to find as far as documents and such. Um, When I was sitting with them, they got the call that, you know, so-and-so passed away. And instead of being with them, they were sitting with me. So I would always excuse myself from the room and give them their private time, suggest that they would go back to the hospital or the home where the aide was or the hospice to go see their loved one for the last time before they come to the funeral home, you know, in their natural environment. There was no, there's no need to have it like that. If no. they, this was all addressed ahead of time, 
like you just said, Victoria, they could spend all the quality time when people are cognitive and and being and being able to speak and discuss things. That's when the family should be together. This should be the last thing they worry about. Even though it could be the most important at one point, it should be the last thing they worry about. This should be something that they know they have a record at the chapel. They're going to make one phone call. And if a prearrangement is done the right way, it's going to be something happened, pull the record. And our response would be after briefing over some things just to make sure we're on the same page, what day and what time are we going to get together for the services? Right. That is the best laid plan for anything. And the problem is that because it's a taboo topic of death, people avoid it way too long and all too often. If we were, and I always use this when I'm making prearrangements or I'm doing a presentation or I'm doing one of my public speaking events, if we were selling furniture, people wouldn't want to rush and make a harsh, rash decision on the size of a dining room set that would fit in a reconstructed room because it could be wrong if they didn't measure and take the time and and go through the color scheme. But if they were able to, they would talk about furniture and saving money all day. But because this is a taboo topic, people put it off. And that's why people make bad decisions if they're not directed by a proper funeral professional. Right, yes. And, and that's the other thing, and I want to really um, get into that much more with you the next time we talk about how somebody would make a, how to find a, a really good and caring funeral director. I think that's going to be a wonderful conversation to have. So the one thing that I would love to ask you is what is one piece of advice, because you've, you've mentioned so many things right now. And I think there's a lot here for people to just start having the conversation, to start thinking about, to start considering, which is fantastic. And if there was just one thing, that one final thing that you would like to share, what would that be? I think it depends on where or why people are thinking about this. If they suffered a loss, the one thing they should be thinking about is how to create a proper memorial for the person to celebrate their life. I'm hoping that um, aquamarine events are going to play a key part on making sure people have a healing process and that they will be able to gather and heal all together. I think that's an important conversation to have, how are we going to celebrate who we lost already. And then the other conversation is going to be usually amongst husband and wife or amongst the surviving parent and their children, how can we make this easier for you? And this isn't discussed over the Thanksgiving day table or when the people are getting together for any sort of holiday, regardless of the religion, when you want to talk, whether it's a celebratory holiday or one of the holidays that people want to reflect and such. But when people get together, when things are good, they should have the conversation to say, how much do you want to be involved with me in this? I could do it myself and drop off a record by your home, or you could be part of this to hear exactly what I want, shall leave you no feelings of guilt or any sort of issues later on. Just follow the plan. That's really good. And, and actually, you made me consider something else that we'll just take a moment to touch on right now. 
I think the other thing, because you brought this up a couple of times, which is great, and I so appreciate it, how important a memorial service is. And one of the things that people can also start doing is discussing, because you, you, you have, I think, and, and you have greater expertise in this than I do, but it seems to me that in the initial time, whether it's during a pandemic or when times are relatively normal, if we get that back to that, when you have a, yeah, when you have a funeral service, you're focusing much more on the initial loss, the initial grieving, the initial mourning. But a memorial service, I think, starts to move you into the celebration of that mm -hmm. life. Do you agree right. with that kind of decision? Oh, 100%. 100%. The, the funeral, I think, helps handle the initial shock and creating this sense of community around everybody who needs to support someone who's the, the mourner. The memorial service is something that you have a lot more time to conduct, for lack of a better way to, to express it, where you could create a video montage, 10 eulogies, prepare grandma's favorite meal, play their favorite song, play the wedding video in the background to sell it. I'm always amazed when people, the old, the old way of thinking, people brought in picture boards, sometimes one, sometimes two, where they set up a picture board from one's christening to their death, from their baby naming in the Jewish in the Jewish religion, to the bar and bar mitzvahs, to the weddings, to the grandchildren. I am always, always in awe that I could look at one board, 18 by 24, and tell a life story <sighs> in 10 seconds of looking over some pictures. That if people wanted to take that and create this fantastic hour-long celebration of one's life and service to this country, their their love for their spouse, the, their dedication to their children. That's where the real healing takes place, when you could smile one day and look back on the person's life and have no regrets. Ah, oh, that's beautiful. Oh, my goodness. I know we're going to have so much more to talk about. And looking forward to it. Yeah, me too. So I think, I think this is a really good place for me to thank you because one thing that I try and do each week is to share information, but one thing I don't want to do is overwhelm people. And this is, you've given so much for people to think about and consider with some action steps. And one thing that I will do is I will include in the resource section how people can get in touch with you and about your company and more information about you as well. And so I, I just want to say thank you so much for being here today. I look forward to our next conversations because you're definitely going to be back. Hey. Okay, thank you. I appreciate your time and thinking so highly of me to have me on your podcast. I really appreciate it. I respect you tremendously as a person that is a that I do consider a friend, and I appreciate all the time and attention that you gave to me through this. Thank you. Thank you. Because I, I share with everybody in the world who I speak to that I was very blessed the day 
I met you and and I'm so grateful that you are a friend and the day I met you I remember the one thing you said to me you picked up the you called me back and you said to me you know what did I need and I shared with you what the issues were and you broke it down and then you said something really beautiful you said go ask around go talk to other people make sure this is right for you and then call me back I'm here for you and I was like okay and I did. I, I took your advice and I went to other, you know, funeral directors and I immediately said to myself, how lucky am I that I met you? Because I was like, oh, thank goodness. Because <laughs> you're just amazing. Amazing. And thank you. So we will definitely talk again. You have a glorious day and a glorious week. Thank you so much. Same to you. Thank you very much. Thank you so much for listening today and for listening the last few weeks. Today, we will end season one, and I look forward to you joining us in season two in the new year. In the interim, if you have any questions, please email me at aquamarineevents at gmail.com. I will leave information about Chris Tom Blind and how you could reach out to him in the show notes. Please subscribe so you will know when we begin season two. If you have already subscribed, thank you. Please leave a review and I am so grateful for you to share this with your friends and colleagues and family. If you like any additional information about our services, please visit the website aquamarineevents.com where you will find additional information about the services we provide. Again, thank you so much for listening. Until Season 2, Celebrations of Life invites you to not only celebrate the lives of those you love, but to each and every day celebrate those special moments in your life. Be safe, be well, and be loved.